Good morning, church. Uh, can I invite you to turn to the scriptures as they are found in the book of Colossians? Book of Colossians, uh, we shall read two passages of scripture one from Colossians and then a parallel passage in the, in the epistle to the Ephesians. So Colossians, a chapter 3, and we will read uh, from verse 18, and we will stop on verse 21. Colossians, chapter 3, reading from verse 18 to 21. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Um, Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. In Ephesians chapter 6, we'll read jumped verses. We will uh, we will start first by looking at Ephesians chapter 5. Sorry for that. Ephesians chapter 5. We'll read a few verses in chapter 5. Verse 22 and 25 and then we'll jump to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 22. Wives, Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 1 to 4. Children... Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it might go well with you and that you might live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. We have been in the weeks past making explanations regarding relationships within a home. What is it that the Lord desires 
what is it that the Lord commands in how we ought to behave within the confines of a household. And to that effect, we started looking at the relationship between the wife and the husband. And in that, we spelled out the biblical position of how that wives ought to be submissive to the husband in the home. And we explained what that means and what it entails, praying and hoping that after that explanation, there is some change in households. We further on went and looked at the husband being the head of the home we said this husband carries big responsibility. He carries the entire clan, so to say, with him. And in carrying that entire family, this husband has to stand on the ground of nothing else save love. And in particular, we made an emphasis that that love should be clearly expressed to the wife. And we said that love is demanded of us and is not easy because it is compared to that sacrificial love with which the Christ sacrificed his own life for the church. And that's at Golgotha, and that's at Calvary, he could be able to cry out and say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And the apostle picks up that and comes and lands it upon the shoulders of this husband, and he says, your love to your wife should be equated as it were to that Golgotha cry. That Golgotha cry, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, madams and sirs, was sacrificial. And therefore it is imperative that those of us that are called men ought not only to express our leadership in terms of a roaring lion, but also in terms of the lion of Judah the lamb that was slain. We emphasize that. And I pray that slowly by slowly, the men listened. And thus, therefore, in the last week, we have seen a change in the homes wherein wives are glad and happy that they are being loved as Christ loved the church. Uh, ask my wife. She has a better answer for me, lest I answer beyond. But this morning, I wanted to leave the elderly. I have had enough of them. 
I've chastised them enough. And hoping the chastisement has been taken not with a pinch of salt, but with gladness and joy of heart. So I want to turn this morning to the little ones. And my sermon, therefore, this morning is entitled, Children, Obey Your Parents. Children, Obey Your Parents. So, in looking at that particular subject this morning, I would like, first of all, before delving into the explanation of what is written in Colossians chapter 3, verse 20, let me make a few observations on that passage of scripture. A few observations. After making those observations, then I will go on to try and explain and expound that command which says, children, Obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. General observations. Observation number one. Notice that in the passage of scripture before us this morning, children are commanded to obey both parents. Look at the plurality of the command. Look at the plurality of the book. It doesn't say, children, obey your mother. It doesn't say, children, obey your father only. It says, children, obey your parents. It's not about obeying one that is harsh than the other, or indeed vice versa. For that is the tendency of children, isn't it? When one parent is harsh, is either they will be provoked and not obey and make sure that they inflict more punishment on that harsher parent by not being obedient. But to them, that pamper them. Particularly in this case, I am worried about my sisters because by nature, they are good at pampering. And to them that pamper them, the children take advantage of that and would rather want to show this artificial obedience towards them so that they receive more pampering. The scripture, dear children, is this. Whether you are pampered by one, and not by the other, your duty, and it's a God-given duty, is that to both, you ought to be obedient. Nonetheless, may I suggest to you that you are not being obedient to both, you are being obedient to one, because these two, when they are wife and husband, the scripture says they are of one flesh. Small wonder the Bible says, let that which God has put together, let no man put asunder. So we anticipate that that which is spoken by the father is also that which is spoken by the mother. That which the mother instructs 
is the one that the Father authenticates. And therefore, you have no escape, dear children, but to obey both parents. That's the injunction. But observation number two. The obedience of children should not be discouraged by their father's provocation. The injunction not to provoke children, look closely, is made more specific to the fathers. It is made more specific to the fathers. Fathers, we are taught not to provoke our children, to exacerbate our children to the point where they are discouraged. Now, you remember that when we were dealing with the fathers, there was another injunction that is closely related to this injunction. It was the injunction, do not be harsh with your wives. And here, do not be harsh with your children. Do not provoke your children. It seems fathers have the tendency of provoking and being harsh, isn't it? I think the apostle knew about them, that they are such a menace in the home that instead of speaking gently and instructing in the discipline and instructions of the Lord, may I repeat what I said last week, the raw like lions looking for someone to devour in the home. And when they do that, then all the four walls of the bedrooms are shaking. And when they shake and cry out, then he walks out, strolls around the house to prove himself that he is a man. And should anyone go against my commands out of this home? A small wonder, I think the apostle knew about such men. And therefore the injunction is quite strong on them. Do not be harsh. Do not provoke. Uh, let me give you an example of my own father, of how he used to provoke and exacerbate us. You know, we would go to the farm early in the morning around 6 o'clock and we would labor and labor and labor and labor. If he finds that you have labored from here to there, you are going to receive it. You are going to receive it. And you know what that means, those that grew up. Yeah. You would receive it. But you see, even when we did a big portion beyond his expectations, you know how he used to come and provoke us and exacerbate us? He comes to where we have been working and laboring all day long. And he looks at the piece of work that we have done. He nods his head and says, today work was easy. <laughs> and then he walks away. <laughs> and you look at him and you wonder what to do next. Don't provoke your children to anger or to wrath. Don't. Don't do that. If a child gets 95% at school, don't say, ah, yeah, you did the teacher even give you a test? 
Well done, my son. Well done, my daughter. This is what I expect from you. Excellent. That's what ought to be done, isn't it? Do not exacerbate them, please. And says, is it a professor really that gave you this? Max, uh, no. Oh, but let me get to the third observation. Let me get to the third observation. We have said, children, obey both parents. Secondly, fathers, don't provoke your children. Thirdly, children are encouraged to obey their parents in everything. Did you see that word there? Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Now, now the everything is defined in Ephesians. Okay? The everything is defined lest the children obey a lunatic of a father who tells them go and find ways and means. No. No. Do not provoke your children into evil acts and you expect them to be obedient to you. Nay, it is not like that. See what, 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 what the description of, 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 of everything is in, 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 in Ephesians. In Ephesians we read, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it might go well with you and that you might live longer in the land. Fathers, do not provoke children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, which is that which children should obey in everything the discipline and the instructions in the Lord. Let me emphasize that. Lest we misquote and tell our children to be involved in promiscuous acts. And we say, because I am a father, you are supposed to obey. They ought to obey only those instructions, only those commands which advance the discipline and the instructions of the Lord. The reason is very simple. Those commands which follow the discipline and the instruction of the Lord are always good commands which will be acceptable in not only in society but will be acceptable in the civic realm of our nations and will also be acceptable before our God. So do thou notice that? Small wonder. Parents, you have got a much bigger duty of making sure that these children obey what you say. Because it is that which you say which is cardinal. If it is not in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, don't expect them to obey. Do not expect them to obey. They will be rebellious. And indeed we have seen it, isn't it? 
where children uh, get saved and they follow the Lord and their, their parents are not saved, sometimes there is a lot of conflict because the parent gives instructions which are completely anathema to the gospel. And the child rebels and says, no, not this one. Oh, yes, the rebellion is correct because the example is given to us in the scriptures of how the apostles said, tell us which is right to obey man or to obey God. We would rather obey God. Okay, I was just making some observations. I was just making some observations. I haven't yet started preaching. Uh, I haven't yet started. So now I'm going to start. Okay, now I am going to start. And in the preaching of the word, I want us to be drawn to three points from that particular passage of scripture. I want us to be drawn. Now, those three points should be understood against the backdrop of the general observations that we have made. Right? So they go as a package. They are not separate. So they should be understood from that position. Now, I propose, first of all, to draw your attention to the understanding of what obedience means. So what is the meaning of that commandment? Of children, obey your parents. What is the meaning of that commandment? Then secondly, I will explain the commandment. I will explain the reasons why children are encouraged to uphold the commandment. The meaning of the commandment, number one, Number two, the reasons why children should obey that commandment. And thirdly, the benefits that accrue to the children when they obey that commandment. Meaning of commandment, reasons of commandment, benefits of the commandment. Uh, three simple things to follow. Three very, very simple things to follow. Now, we will start with the meaning of the commandment. The meaning of the commandment. Now, the injunction of the commandment in the text is this. Children, obey your parents in everything. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, the command replaces the word everything with the word in the Lord. Again, defining that everything, that that everything is everything in the Lord, not outside the Lord. And if it is everything in the Lord, it has to do with discipline and instructions in the Lord. Now, but what exactly is the meaning of this command. What is it all about? What biblical meaning can we ascribe to this command? Let me give us three of those. They can be many, but basically I want to stick to three which are so apparent in the passage of scripture that we have read. And in particular, they are very, very apparent in Ephesians 
chapter 6. In Ephesians chapter 6. Now, let me draw one meaning. Children, in verse 1 of Ephesians chapter 6, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And this is what obedience is all about. Honor your father and mother. To obey, let me put it to us, little children, let me put it to us, those who have youthful minds, that obedience is circumvented in this thing that is called honoring your father and mother. In obedience, children are supposed to honor their parents. Now, what is this honoring all about? Honoring their parents simply means that you ought to respect them. You need to make an admiration of them. You need to credit them as those that bore you. And you need to uphold their reputation as those whose hands are ever laboring to make you what you are. Children are commanded to respect their parents. They are supposed to show a sense of admiration for the service rendered to them by their parents. They should give credit for the hard work that their parents engage themselves in to better their lives, to protect them, and to make them grow up into responsible citizens. Dear young ones, these your parents have got a great task. And may I assure you that all the normal parents, their desire, their wish, and indeed if all wishes were horses, they would have loved that all children who are born and bred from their wombs ought to be those children who will grow up in the fear of the Lord who will grow up into what the world calls responsible adults. That's what they are yearning for. Ask any parent that is seated here. Every step that you take, dear child, that parent watches closely. That parent puts his ear to the ground. That parent is concerned with what you are doing. And because they are doing such work, you ought to reciprocate children by honoring them. You ought to. You ought to honor them. You ought to respect them. You ought to credit them. Indeed, in obeying your parents, children are called upon to uphold and protect the reputation of their parents. A child who repudiates the reputation of his or her parents within or without the home is a wayward child who has denied the faith by demonizing their own parents. Yes, in this era, we have children, dear friends, that go out there amongst their own peers, they demonize their own parents that brought them up. 
You know what they say regarding their parents? I wished I didn't have such parents. Are you sure? Why don't you reverse it and say, I wish I was not born? You ought to say that. But you demonize your parents. The Bible says no to that. And it is encouraging you. It doesn't matter the status that your parents hold. It doesn't matter who they are and what they are and what they own. Your duty, young man, particularly these young men who wear trousers with a belt around their knees. Haven't you seen them these days? Haven't you seen them? And you look at them, and everyone who looks at them in the streets says, that's Mr. Lungu's child. And they are running to come and see whether Mr. Lungu's trousers is in the knees. Only that to find that Mr. Lungu's trousers is even above the stomach. <laughs> but the child has failed to copy that. Instead, they have gone wayward as it were. They have gone their own way. And the reason that they give is very simple. Okay? You get the point? As for us, we want to go and order clothes from Ukraine. Do you see the clothes of these children? It's like they have been hipped on a ground and an atomic bomb thrown there and they are all in tatters and tears and then they are hanged in the shops. And you say that is latest, isn't it so? The trousers is torn from the ankle all the way. And, and people are wondering, uh, people are wondering whether the father dresses that way. And when they come and see the father, yes, yes. What's your problem? What's your problem? He doesn't see a problem, does he? No. He sees and treasures disobedience. That's all. Oh, all right. Um, maybe I should spare you. It's fashion, eh? Oh, it's fashion! But fashion, perhaps, that will necessarily take you to the grave and hell. What bad fashion it is. So to honor your father and the mother is to respect them in what you do, in what you say, in what you wear, even how you walk. Yeah. It would be nice to be told to say, umwana wenu vamdala, nga wakulolesha fiapatari, imwebene no kuenda. You get the point? And then you nod your head. Yeah. Because you are gentle and humble. Who would want to enjoy that? No. Oh, the girls. I'll come to you. I'm not sparing you this morning. I'll come to you of how that inflict your mothers in the kitchen. Don't you inflict them? When they tell you to say, can you do this? Oh, the best thing that you do is to show them how that you came from. Is it a curio shop? They do, they're not curio shops, right? Those shops that do Amala, are they curios? No, they're not. What about boutiques? 
they are boutiques, they are not curios. I thought they are curious because they shape Wamala, you get the point. And that's, that's the work of people who do curios, to shape. All that you do to your mother is to spread your fingers to her, and the message is delivered. The message is delivered in its totality. Oh, what a shame of respect that you are giving to your mother. Oh. oh, but let me hurry on. Uh, what is the meaning of this uh, command? To obey is to honor. But to obey is also to revere. In, we read in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 3, it says, Every one of you shall revere. That's where we get the word reverence. That's where we get the word the reverence. You will revere your mother and your father. To reverence is to look up to someone or something with veneration and hold such a one or such a thing in high esteem. And that's the command of the scriptures to the young people. In honoring, in obeying, the scripture says, you should look up. You should look up to your parents and not only look up to them, but uphold them in such high esteem that when they talk, you ought to pay particular attention as was the case with Sarah towards Abraham, as was the case with the children of old of how they used to reverence their fathers and mothers. Dear friends, to obey is to show reverence. Is to show reverence. A very good example of reverence is when a parent is talking to you, you don't walk away. Did you hear that? Young people, did you hear that? When your parents are talking to you, oh, I'm quiet. What happened at school? You are seated on the chair. What happened at school? The next thing that the parent sees is this kachap standing up on the chair, full to the bedroom. Boom! And as if that is not enough, in the bedroom, he pulls or she pulls the phone, plugs the earphones, and shuts the ears, and puts the music on the phone at full blast. That even when you are talking and shouting at the sitting room, he is singing or she is singing the song that is playing on the phone. Is that honor revering your father and mother? Is that so? Is that what you do? Even if they are wrong, is that what you do? No, you ought not to do that. You ought not to do that. Children are called to uphold their parents. Children should at all times look to their parents, not only for guidance, but also for cutting and pasting of their parents' characteristics into their lives. 
Those are your role models. You really puzzle me, you characters of these days. <laughs> I almost fell short of saying the lunatics that you call role models are nothing else but to be defined as lunatics. Yes, they are. Because the very role models that you copy in the manner in which they wear, in the manner in which they speak, in the manner in which they walk, in the manner in which they dance, in the manner in which are all lunatics, have often gotten disappointed with them, these role models. They do things that are so wicked and so evil that any normal person cannot admire them to be role models at all. But that's what our children do. Haven't you ever noticed that because with the advent of this technology, hopeless Hollywood models, immediately they start doing something silly and stupid. It goes like wildfire that the following week it will be done in Zambia. And who does it? Is it the old people? Uh-uh. With this, the video goes, goes like wildfire. And everybody is doing that. And everybody is doing that. Let there be a hairstyle that is promulgated in Hollywood. Let there be a shoe that is worn in the ghettos of America. Let there be some film that comes from Bollywood or Nollywood. We don't have Zambia wood, right? We, we, we don't have Zambia wood. Immediately that comes out. Then the youths are clamoring to that. They are clamoring to that. And you as parents, you sit down there and are praying and agonizing. Please, please, this is not good. And they walk away. It's a sorry sight. And this is the generation that will be fathers and mothers in a few years' time. If a mad generation becomes fathers and mothers, how much mad will their children be when they become not children but fathers and mothers? I pray that that time the Lord would have come. I pray so that the Lord would have come because there will be chaos. They will be. Now we are told we should revere our parents. Now to be obedient is to listen and to forsake. Okay? To be obedient is not only to honor your parents, it's not only to respect your parents, but also to listen and to forsake. Now, look, the analogy follows also Christianity. True Christianity is not only listening to the gospel, it's listening to the message of the gospel, embracing it, 
and forsaking that which the gospel says is no gospel at all. Forsaking your sins, that's when the gospel becomes effectual in your life. Do not be like many of them that stand and when the gospel is preached and they shout, Nasumina. And immediately they go out and you find them in the streets. They are holding the other friend by the collar. And they are saying, I am going to finish you today. I am putting my Christianity off. Haven't you heard such people? I sought you out. You have not heard the gospel. In the same manner, you are not an obedient child if you only listen with the left ear and the message comes out speeding with great speed on the right ear. And where it goes, it goes as if it's a whirlwind and you remain worse off than you received that message. That's what exactly happens, isn't it? Yes, you remain worse off. You do. Do not steal. Do not do this. Your parents are busy telling you, you know when you just listen and not forsake that, you are going to be worse off. In obeying your parents, friends, it should come from the depth of your heart. Your very heart should hear. It should listen. It should soak it in and say, that which is bad, I forsake. That which my parents have told me, I will embrace. Oh, the writer of the Proverbs says this. Hear, my son, your father's instructions, and forsake not your mother's teaching. My son, keep your father's commandment and forsake not your mother's teaching. Bind them on your heart always. Tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie, they will watch over you. And when you awake, they will talk with you. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? The discipline and the instructions that these your parents give you, you ought to tie them around your neck. You ought to bind them in your waist. You ought to embrace them in your chest. You ought to make them saturate your mind so that when you are awake, they talk to you. When you are walking or when you are lying, they watch over you. And when you are walking, they lead you. That's what you ought to do. Enough for description of obedience or what it means to obey. The reasons for the commandment. Why are children instructed to obey. Is there anything that is given as a reason why the scriptures say that children ought to obey their parents? Yes, they are. Let's get to Ephesians. 
Let's get to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. Children. Children. No, first of all, let's get to Colossians. Colossians. Chapter, chapter 3, verse 20. Children, obey your parents in everything. The reason it is aligned by that word. For this pleases the Lord. So first reason why we should obey the command is it pleases God. It pleases God. But secondly, look at Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. And this is the reason. For it is right. So two reasons why you ought to obey your parents. It pleases God. Look, we always struggle to find ways and means in which to please our God, isn't it? Even when we are Christians, we struggle so that we might live aright, so that our Father who is in heaven uh, doesn't find us wanting, but that he should always be pleased with us. And that's why we always go to great confession and tell him that we are unworthy servants. We are but dust on the fine scale. Without you, O oh Lord, we are nothing. We have to please God. But here is a very simple way that has been given to children by which they can please God. A very simple way. Very and the, the scriptures say this, just obeying your parents, just obeying your parents, immediately you obey your parents, God smiles. Maybe he says this, this is my beloved son, I am well pleased with him. You remember those words? Maybe he says that to you. When you are obedient to your parents, maybe he says that. Oh, well, beloved. Maybe he even pats you on your back and he smiles with that great smile of providence. You know how God smiles, isn't it? He smiles in providence. You will never know, dear friend, that it is because of your obedience to your parents that God got pleased and you pass your exams. You never know. The reason is simple. Uh, there was a part of the back and there was a smiling providence that wrote for you. There was a many, many take care. Oh, okay. I hope you understand that. There was this hand that was writing. You know? to which Daniel had to come and interpret, or to which that teacher and lecturer failed to interpret, but just give you a 75%. The reason is so simple. Your obedience to God made him who interprets many, many take care, give you wisdom so that you pass. Children, it pleases the Lord. And when the Lord is pleased, 
Who is it that is going to stand on your way and become displeased? Because if the devil does that, he will ask him, Where dost thou come from? To and fro the surface of the earth. Have you considered my child? Have you considered the 75%? Have you? Uh, but, uh, but uh, okay, he goes with batting. He will bat and bat and bat and bat. But at the end of the day, he is defeated. It pleases the Lord. But dear friends, it is also right. It is just the right thing to do. Full stop. Full stop. Who among you, children, doesn't smile inwardly? Who among you, young ones, does not rejoice inwardly? When a parent walks in and says, oh, I was worried about this. You have done the exact right thing that I would have done and I would have loved being done. You imagine that your parent tells you that. Which heart does not leap up with joy? Which heart? You leap up with joy. And you go even inward. Yes. I have pleased my parent. The reason is simple. It is just right. It is just right, dear friends, that you listen to these that bore you. It is just right because if you don't listen to them, my dear friend, your life is going to be ruined. It is just right, my dear friends, because they know what it is. They know the booby traps. They know how to escapade in this river. They know the depth and the shallowness, the rockiness and the downfall of life to the extent that if you listen to them and obey them, it is just right because your life will be all right. It's all right. But let me finish off. Not by only defining the command, giving you the reasons for the command, but let's look at the benefits of the command. The benefits of the command. This, is, this command is very beneficial. This command is very, very beneficial. Now, let me get to you that this command, by the way, do you notice that it is the only commandment among the ten commandments that comes with a promise? It is. It is. And the promise comes and says, you will live longer in this land. You will live longer. In Exodus chapter 20, when that command is given for you to obey, to honor your father and your mother, the reason and the promise is given so that you may live longer in the land. So that you might live longer in the land. 
Now, here is a simple interpretation of this benefit, of this command. Children, obey your parents so that you do not die quickly. That's the simple interpretation of Exodus chapter 20. That commandment. Children, obey your parents so that you do not die quickly. Now, only a fool would want to do the reverse. Because you don't want to die quickly, do you? Uh -uh. You don't. <laughs> this life, even if people are 82, running to 90, when they talk about death, you never hear them say, yeah, I wish I can die now. Uh -uh. When they say that, they are just saying, yeah, not that they are seriously saying they want to die. So how much more you? You are 13 years old. You are 18 years old. You are 21 years old. And here is a promise. Just obey your parents and you will live longer. The reason why the Bible says you will live longer is simple. As I explained, you will avoid all those deadly traps in your life because your parents would have given discipline and instructions in the Lord. It's simple. You will have listened from proper instructions. So when they are telling you, why they are not troubling you, they are not being ancient. They are not judasing you. No, they are not. All that they are saying is that I am adding an extra day to your life. Listen to them. Children, listen to your parents. It is a promise from God, not from a man. It is a promise from God. And his promises, we are told in the scriptures, are yea and amen. You will live longer. Uh, friend, the reverse is true. Don't do drugs. Don't prostitute. Don't drink. Are the instructions from your parents. You do the opposite. Death will be on you very shortly you will be a victim of AIDS. You will be a victim of alcoholism. You will be a victim of all bad vices. And the end result is that one room which everybody of us will go into. But you will go far much quicker because of your disobedience. Dear friends, young ones, the promise is there so that you might live longer in the land. But here is another promise. It is said, so that it might go well with you. Now, the, the, look, I don't need to explain. Just the activity of obedience towards your parents is enough 
and comes with this grandeur promise, it will go well with you. Again, I ask, who among you, the youth, does not want it to go well with them? We all want it. Small wonder because we, we look at irrelevant whatever the, the, what the Nollywood actors. We look at those irrelevant. Why do you look at them? Because you think by looking at them, it will go well with you. You will also be famous. You also have money. You will, oh, but check their lives. But here is a promise which doesn't come with devilish activities. It comes with the saintly activities and the authentication of the stamp of God. It says to you, just obey and it will go well with you. In other words, and the Lord will fulfill the desires of your hearts. That's what the Lord will do for you, young man. That's what the Lord will do for you, young lady. If you obey your parents, it will go well with you. It will. Now listen to what Solomon says. He says, hear my son, your father's instructions, and forsake not your mother's teaching. Here's the reason. For they are a grateful garland for your head and pedants for your neck. In other words, they are a decoration in your life. That instruction and that teaching that comes from your father and your mother make you sparkle, make you stand out, make you have an aroma the world cannot afford. It makes you to have a scent that is admired by all. The reason is simple, because on your head, around your neck, your bangles, and all your other jewelry that you are wearing are nothing else but obedience and teaching and instructions of your fathers and mothers. Wouldn't you want to be that? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you want to be that? Oh, how I admire that. Will you not admire that? Oh, you ought to, so that it might go well with you. Dear friends, may I say this to the young men and the young women. The injunction has been given. The command has been given. Obey your parents. Obey your father and mother. And in your obedience, the reasons have been given why you ought to obey them. It is right. It pleases the Lord. But it, does, it doesn't end up there. Dear friends, this obedience towards our parents brings long life. Not only does it bring long life, but it causes you to be working well in this life. And not only does it cause you to be working well in this life, but it offers you all the fruits of a happy life. They are there. All that you need to do 
to which we plead with you as parents, to which we kneel before you as parents, and in the presence of the Almighty God, implore you that you ought to obey your parents, their discipline and their instructions in the Lord. Your failure to obey your parents, dear friends, it displeases God. Your failure to obey your parents is a minus to the days of your life. Your failure to obey your parents in the Lord is a sure sign of your destiny to hell. My plea is this. Don't belong like the prodigal son returned to the instructions and discipline of your father. Both your earthly father and your heavenly father are anxiously and joyously awaiting and looking forward to that moment when you will walk to them and in obedience say, here I am, I desire to sit under your instructions. You will see how like the loving father, they will tell the servants, quick, bring up the fattened lamb. Quick, bring up the drums. For this child of mine was lost, but now he is found. He was dead, but now he is alive. He was blind, but now he sees. Wilt thou linger, young man? Wilt thou hold your life in the dust of the devil's eyes? Or wilt thou approach the throne of grace in great repentance, in reverence before God and your parents? I urge you to do that. Amen. attention as the word was being proclaimed and praying the Lord that these things that have been spoken will be glued to our hearts and our minds and will put them to practice so that it may please the Lord and that it may go well with us and that we may live longer uh, in, the, in the earth. Can you respond?